This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oklahoma reigns supreme as the Sooners beat up on Iowa State 27-21 and are now crowned Big 12 champions. It's the Sooners' fifth win in a row playing in the Big 12 championship game. Of course, they've won it each of the last four years. And then we go back to the last one um, before all the conference realignments in 2010 when the Sooners beat up on Nebraska 23-20 in that game. But ever since then, once the uh, once the Big 12 started going to that championship again, it's been all Sooners. The story was the same on Saturday, like I said, as Oklahoma was able to get a win over Iowa State. We'll be talking about that game here on the 10 of 12 podcast. We'll also be getting in to each of the six bowl games we've got coming up for these Big 12 teams, as well as our final 10 of 12 top 10 of the season. So welcome in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Good to have you with us today. Um, should be a fun show. Shouldn't be the longest show. Should be a pretty quick one here. There's not a whole lot to really dive into. We'll kind of brush over the Oklahoma-Iowa State game from Saturday, and then we'll also kind of brush over each of those bowl games as as well as getting into those rankings at the end of the show. But uh, we'll start it off here with, with Iowa State and Oklahoma. Uh, 27-21, like I mentioned, the final. Uh, Iowa State, man, I, I think that you are, you're left a little frustrated here as Oklahoma gave you a lot of opportunities to go out and win this game. Um, unfortunately, you know, Iowa State was unable to do that. Oklahoma uh, picked up the win, and I don't know whose necessarily fault that is um, in the second half for the game getting close. If that's Iowa State um, just, you know, playing good defense and stopping you know, Rattler in the offense, or if it's on the other hand, if it's maybe perhaps Oklahoma taking their foot off the gas um, towards the end of the game and trying to chew clock, and that you know, I feel like I feel like it never works out. Um, it worked out for Oklahoma. They get the win over the Cyclones. Um, you know this. I mean, I'm not going to go through every little minor detail of this game. Um, I, I'm sure that you were tuned in, and if you're if you are not watching, then you're not you're not really a true Big 12 fan. And the odds are that you're um, you know probably not going to be listening uh, to this podcast. But Oklahoma jumped out to. You know, a 17 nothing lead, I believe it was. And, you know, it looked like it was all over from there. There's no chance Iowa State's even going to come back in this one. And they do. They make it a game. They, you know, had the ball with, what, I don't know, a minute left or so and had a real chance to go out and win the game. Like I said, they lost 27-21, which is a six-point game. So a touchdown with that extra point, of course, would have won the game. So you, you've got to be fr- – I mean, you have you had your opportunity there. Um, you know, they say it every week, I swear, in primetime when, when it's a close game. You know, this is where leaders are separated from the average quarterbacks. I guess the elite quarterbacks are separated from the average ones. And, and not to say Brock Purdy's not elite, but he had a big chance here to prove himself that he is a top quarterback in the Big 12. He was the Big 12 quarterback of the year. Um, I guess first team all Big 12 QB is the correct way to say that. But, you know, that that the, the first QB in the Big 12 doesn't do that. They don't go and have their chance to beat, you know, a good Oklahoma team 
and go up against that defense and win the game in the final two minutes of, of the Big 12 championship game, right? The Big 12 QB of the year should go out and score a touchdown, right? That's, I mean, that's just me, and I know that, that Brock Purdy was way more consistent than Rattler was this season. Um, Rattler was really good, really good over the last you know six games for Oklahoma, but you look at those losses to Iowa State and Kansas State, man, um, you know, he was far from perfect. So I think it's – I'm not saying that, that Purdy shouldn't have been um, first-team quarterback in the Big 12, but I think Rattler makes a really good case. Um, I think it goes without saying Skylar Thompson, if he was healthy, would have had a shot at that being him, um, you, you know, with him being a senior. Um, Spencer Sanders goes without saying, if he's healthy, he's got a legitimate chance to do that as well. Um, but, but Purdy does it. He gets it done. But he doesn't get it done against Oklahoma on Saturday. I mean, taking a step back here, if if we just look at these these two seasons, I mean, frustrations for Iowa State. You, you've got to be thinking if you don't lose that game to Louisiana, um, you've got a legitimate chance. And I, you know, Setters Paribus coming into this game before it was played, Iowa State would probably be playing for um, a spot in the college football playoff. Right? Think if you have one loss and that's to Oklahoma State. Um, and you beat Oklahoma in the regular season, you beat him in the championship game, you don't lose to Louisiana, that's really hard to put a one-loss Big 12 team um, to put them out of, of the college football playoff. But that obviously isn't the case. They lose that game to Louisiana, which is frustrating if you're you know, a Cyclone fan simply because you've got Ohio State in there who played you know, half a game this year, and somehow the committee thinks that that's worthy enough of, of playing in, in the playoff. Now, don't get me wrong, I think Ohio State's a really good team. I'm not trying to say that they're not, but Iowa State's a really good team, and, and so is Oklahoma. You know, these teams played non-conference games, though. I believe it was Missouri State um, for Oklahoma, and they played. I mean, that could have been a loss for the Sooners. We saw it with Kansas State. They dropped a game to, you know, the Arkansas team, and then you have KU who, you know, no surprise here, lost to um, with, with Coastal Carolina. So, you know, I think that there is a lot of um, reason to be upset if you – are really an Iowa State fan. Obviously, I think two losses wouldn't get you in the playoff even if you didn't have that Louisiana game. But still, you've got teams that are getting in who didn't even play a non-conference game. There's no chance. There's literally zero. They can't lose if you don't play. So, you know, the Big 12 certainly got punished for playing these games. K-State would have been 5-4 and four on the season. Or pardon me, 4-5. and five. Instead, they're 4-6 and six because they played a non-conference game. They just wanted to play football. Same thing with Iowa State. Same thing with Kansas. That's just an extra loss on their, you know, resume. So, I mean, I kind of got off off topic there a little bit. But, you know, frustrations for both teams, not only Iowa State, but for Oklahoma as well. I, I mean, this team is playing like a college football playoff caliber team, if, if that's the word you want to use for that. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I think that if they were to play – Alabama or Clemson or Notre Dame or, or you know any of those teams Ohio State in there I, I do think that that Oklahoma would lose I do but probably not by a lot um, a big reason for me saying that is you you look at Oklahoma's past in the in the college football playoff I mean they have not performed well uh, let's be honest with that so um, overall though I think oh, Oklahoma would have given any team in there a fight with the way they're playing at this point in the season okay when you have that game against Iowa State where you get off to the early lead, then Oklahoma really let off the gas and it kind of messed up their offense a little bit, okay? If you look at, let's just say Oklahoma was playing Alabama and they got into it and it's an absolute shootout, Oklahoma would be toe-to-toe, pardon me, toe-to-toe with them 
um, in a game like that because they're not going to be able to hit the brakes. They're going to have to keep you know the pedal on the metal and keep it going to try to win that game. And, and I, I, I'm a firm believer that once you get a big lead like that, it really messes with teams. They you know they don't stick to who they are. All they want to do is chew clock. And I get that you want the clock to run down, but guess what wins you football? You know points are what's win- points win you football. And it really frustrates me when, when teams let their foot off the gas. Same thing we saw with Iowa State and uh, Oklahoma here on Saturday. But that's kind of a big ramble rant from me. Um, you know, college football playoff is just it's better than it's better than people. I think people give it a little too much um, of a bashing. I, 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 I agree there's always going to be controversy. I agree that it's annoying seeing the same teams in there over and over. But I think the point that you need to bring up, and and you can disagree or agree with me. I'm not saying you have to think this way. I just think more people should be made aware of the fact that college football in general is not supposed to be, oh, you can lose one or two games and you're completely safe from the playoff, right? Or the, the bowl, the BCS, whatever it may be, right? Whatever, what have you. Y- you know, if you go 8-2, and two, if you're Oklahoma, guess what? You're in. If this was an eight-team playoff, you're in, because they were what number six in the in the latest, you know, rankings. So, I don't I don't like that because Oklahoma lost to K State and they lost to Iowa State. If you lose two games, unless everyone in the entire country has lost at least two games, you don't really deserve to have a shot at the championship. That's just my take. And if you agree with me, great. If you disagree, that's fine. But but traditionally throughout college football, you lose a game your season's pretty much over, right? And, 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 and every game has that, you know, intensity. College basketball is just such a different, you know, animal because you can lose, well, I don't know, 10 games, 11 games, and you're still going to have a really good chance to go to the NCAA tournament if you can pick up 20 wins. So it, it's, it's very different. You know, can you just imagine if, you know, college basketball was just four teams get in and then college football would be, um, you know, let's say 32 teams get in, right? It would just be a completely different landscape. Um, so I think that that's the one thing. If you want to, if you want to expand the playoffs so that your team can get in and have a chance, that's fine. The TV, you know, everyone's going to make more money. I get that, but at the same time, you've got to remember throughout the history of college football, you know, the culture of it is that every game has to matter so much and has such a you know huge impact on the season. And if you expand to eight teams. That takes away that what that is. So, um, you know, another another rant for me there. I, I, I'm sorry, but I mean, I don't have much to say about this OU Iowa State game. Like I said, if you didn't watch it, the odds are that you're not even going to be listening to this podcast. So, um, we'll go ahead and wrap up the uh, the Big Twelve um, regular and postseason, I guess, within conference play. 27-21, like I said, the final as Oklahoma picks up the dub over Iowa State. Next, we'll go through here real quick and talk about um, our, our bowl games that we've got at the Big 12 Conference. Of course, we've got Oklahoma going up against Florida in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. That's on December 30th at 7 o'clock on ESPN. And then you've got Iowa State playing up against Oregon. That one's on January 2nd, 3 o'clock on ESPN in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Oklahoma State's going to go up against Miami Cheez-It Bowl, December 29th. 4:30 on ESPN. You've got Texas and Colorado, the Alamo Bowl, uh, the Valero Alamo Bowl. I, I, I feel like I must add, or else I'm going to get arrested for not adding the full name. Um, that one's on. <laughs> that one's on ESPN 
December 29th at 8 o'clock. West Virginia, Tennessee, AutoZone Liberty Bowl. That one's on ESPN, 3 o'clock on December 31st. New Year's Eve game there. And then one last New Year's Eve game. We've got TCU in Arkansas. That one is on seven. That that one's on ESPN at seven o'clock. The I don't even know what that word is. Texas. It's the Texas Bowl. Um, so six games. Uh, of course, Kansas State had their COVID concerns and decided to shut down the season. Kansas, Baylor, and and Texas Tech are not going to be dancing or bowling as well. So we've got six games here uh, again. Here, I, I I'll be honest here. I don't have much of an insight on these SEC teams. Um, you've got two Pac-12 teams, and then. You've got, what, an ACC team in there. So I'll be honest here. I don't have much insight. I don't have much analysis. I don't know much about these teams. Um, you know, I place a few bets on the weekends. Maybe I'll, I'll throw one or two on, you know, one of these teams outside the Big 12. But, um, you know, as far as Oklahoma goes, we'll start out with this one because they're <clears throat> because they're the highest-ranked team. Um, you know, Florida, I've never been impressed with them this season. Um, and that's just personally what I've seen, the little that I have seen of them. I have not been a fan, so I think Oklahoma's going to have a good chance to win that one. Um, I think Iowa State's going to you know, have a really good game against Oregon. I did get to see that game against USC. So, you know, believe it or not, we've got Iowa State's going up against a conference champion. Um, might I add, a Power 5 conference champion for that matter. So that'll be a good game. I think that that will actually be one of the few you know legitimate good games like Tennessee is playing West Virginia like what what like Tennessee what in the world is this so um I don't know if Tennessee was what three and eight or something this year they did not have a good record um in the SEC though but Iowa State Oregon that'll be a great game um you know you've got a basically a conference champion from the regular season and then a conference champion from the postseason in Oregon so Iowa State Oregon that should be a good game I don't know um, and, and this is kind of always the case with bowl games. Who's going to be motivated? Who's going to want to play in a game that, you know, does it matter? Sure, yes, but at the same time, does it really matter? Like, no, because it's not the playoff. But you get the point here. I think that both teams should be motivated. I watched Oregon. They were motivated. They beat USC. Um, and same thing with Iowa State. I think they still want to prove people that they are a legitimate football program despite what some people are saying about them. So that will be fun one to follow. Um, again, that one, January 2nd, Iowa State and Oregon. Then you've got Oklahoma State and Miami. I mean, I, I don't know much about Miami either. I can't give um, much of a, you know, synopsis or whatever. I don't know if I can say much on the Hurricanes, but uh, Oklahoma State, they're, you know, a lot of people opting out with them, so I don't know how much firepower they're going to have, even though they've looked good with the, you know, the backup running backs have looked solid for Oklahoma State. So we'll see what happens with them. We've got Texas and Colorado. I couldn't tell you anything about Colorado this season. I can tell you that Tom Herman's going to be back at Texas next season. Um, and I don't know if I agree or disagree with that, but uh, <laughs> he'll be back. So I mean, that's a, a treat for, for Big 12 fans, I guess you might say. But, uh, again, nothing much to say about this one. West Virginia, Tennessee, I talked about it, man. I, you know, West Virginia, if they just care a little bit, they'll be able to get a big win over Tennessee. And then uh, last but not least, I think that the West Virginia game is probably the least important. But last but not least, we've got TCU and Arkansas. Um, again, I don't know much about Arkansas. I know that they're not the best team. Same thing goes with Tennessee, right? So I think TCU should have a, a, a decent chance to win 
against the Razorbacks on December 31st. I mean, those are the games here. Again, not going to dive into them, just kind of brush over um, those matchups. We'll take a quick break here on the 10 of 12 podcast. We'll come back on the second half of the show and go through our 10 of 12 top 10. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Second half of the show coming your way as we talk some 10 of 12 top 10 as we do every week here on the show, but this will be the last one of the season. Um, we'll go through and rank each of the 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Um, this shouldn't take too long. Like I said earlier, going to be a quick show. There's not a whole lot to say, um, but you know, just a nice way to recap and, and, and end out the season. I think it's appropriate to go ahead and talk about um, these 10 teams in the Big 12. We'll start it off with Oklahoma. Um, they win the Big 12 championship game. You know, therefore, I think it's hard to not put them at number one, even though Iowa State, you know, had the same conference record when it's all said and done. Now they still lost the game to Louisiana. They now split even with, you know, the Cyclones and Sooners split evenly with with one and one apiece. Um, You know, I think that you could make an argument for Iowa State at number one um, just because I'm never a fan of, um, you know, the recency bias and when a loss takes place. You know, if if that if that makes any sort of sense here, um, you know, I I'm never a fan of saying oh this team's better than that team just because you know this team just beat that team. It's like well if you look at what they've done over the whole season, you know that's not true. But obviously if we look at the last you know like I said earlier six or seven games for Oklahoma, I think that they are the number one team in the conference despite the success that Iowa State had. And they don't and don't get me wrong, Iowa State had a lot of success here. In you know this COVID season, so I, I really don't get me wrong with that. But when it's all said and done, I think Oklahoma. I mean, they had a better record overall than the Cyclones. You know, Oklahoma just I think gets the nod there at number one. Um, they looked really good in the second half of the season. And let's be honest here, Kansas State didn't deserve to beat Oklahoma. They made the plays, uh, you know, to set themselves up for victory, no doubt about that. But if Oklahoma just doesn't play stupid in that fourth quarter. They don't lose to K-State, and then we're talking about maybe an, an Oklahoma team that gets in, you know, to the playoffs. But uh, that's all water under the bridge. You know, 
I, I, I think Oklahoma is the best team at this point in the Big 12. They're, they're champions of, of, the, of the championship game, so we'll give them the nod here. Oklahoma's at number one. Iowa State's at number two. Um, you, you know, I touched on it earlier, man, but that Louisiana loss is just, you've got to be super frustrated with that one. If you're an Iowa State fan, you had a really good chance to do something special if that one didn't happen. But, I mean, Louisiana, I think I, I feel kind of bad for them because that's a really good football team down there um, that Louisiana has that, you know, no one likes to talk about it because it's, you know, the name, the brand, Louisiana. You know, clearly that's not recognizable, but they've, I don't, you know, they've got a really good team and everyone talks about, oh, Iowa State lost to Louisiana. No one talks about, oh, Louisiana beat Ohio, Iowa State. It's always the fact that it's an embarrassing loss for Iowa State, even though it's really not because Louisiana, like I said, um, a really good team this season. Um, so that's number one. Number two, now we've got number three with Oklahoma State. Um, you know, I, I think that the injury bug, man, you've got to be, you've got to be, I wouldn't say frustrated because it's a part of the game and you've got to learn to play without it. But at the same time, man, um, you know, Oklahoma State had a chance to do something special this season. They've got a good defense, but the three-headed mantra they had on offense, man, that really had some potential. Nobody could stay healthy, it seemed like, especially, you know, with Sanders, with Wallace. You know, I saw him here in Manhattan when he was a healthy scratch just standing on the sidelines. I, I, pardon me, he was not a healthy scratch. Um, he was a game-time, you know, prior-to-kickoff scratch. I, I beg your pardon on that. But, you know, kind of just an eh season for Oklahoma State. They finish at 7-3, and 6-3 and three in the Big 12. Um, but I think that they had a lot more potential to do a lot better than that. They beat Iowa State. You know, they got some wins in there. But still, three losses in, in conference play isn't good enough um, based on, you know, the expectations that they had coming in to the season. Number four is Texas. Um, you know, I think that that's a really good spot to put them. They are not elite in the Big 12, and quite honestly, they're really not close to Oklahoma and Iowa State. However, they're still a solid team, so I'll put them at number four. I think this is a really good spot for them. Um, you know, Ellinger had a, a, a fine season, I guess. You know, Herman, I give him a lot of credit as well. This is another team that we saw in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, K-State, I was very confident in the Wildcats to beat the Longhorns, um, you know, just a few weeks back. And I asked the question, I've talked about it a few times here on the podcast, you know, I asked the question, you know, who do you think has more respect of his players, Tom Herman or Chris Kleiman? If you're going to answer Tom Herman, you're riding Texas in that game. If you think it's Chris Kleiman, you're riding K-State, right? And I think most people would probably agree that the answer to that question would be Kansas State. I was dead wrong. Texas came out, looked super impressive, hung up 69 points on Kansas State. You know, a great performance, and that—I mean—that tells me a lot about Tom Herman. Okay, he gets a lot of—you know—he he gets a lot of um, heat for his job there, and you know the standard at Texas is very high. I get all of that, but that was an impressive performance, and I think that's very telling how much his team cares about him. The ones that were still there, because we, uh, you know, we also had a few safeties. I think opt out for Texas before that game as well. So that showed me a lot. I think Texas is number four. Uh, Herman. We'll be back, so we are not going to be getting rid of him any, anytime soon here um, in the Big 12. Uh, number five is TCU. They were on the come up here as they were you know, near the bottom of our rankings probably a month or so back. They won five of its last six games of the season, so a nice ending after kind of a weird start. You know, They got the win over Texas as well, so 
but you know they beat up on KU, beat you know beat Baylor, beat Tech, so they kind of beat the teams that they were supposed to win. Um, but they didn't, you know, they didn't really sniff anything against Oklahoma. Um, you know, so TCU a fine season, I think number five. They're right there at the middle of the pack when it's all said and done now, um, as we're nearing the end of December. Next game we've got here, uh, next team, pardon me, is West Virginia at number six. I think it's very close to having them at number five, but I, I don't, I mean, I think that overall, um, I'm not saying people got too high on West Virginia because they didn't, because West Virginia is a good team, but with, you know, I think that the success that Neil Brown had might have surprised people just a little bit there in Morgantown. So, you know, TCU, people are saying, Patterson, is he going to get fired, blah, blah, blah. I mean, TCU went 5-4 and four in the Big 12, right? So they had actually, believe it or not, and this is really surprising, they had a better record than West Virginia did in the Big 12. West Virginia, of course, had that game postponed and then eventually canceled against Oklahoma. So they were 4-4. Four and four. TCU, however, was 5-4. and four. So, you know, believe it or not, West Virginia actually, you know, had a worse record than TCU. So I like the Mountaineers just one spot behind the Horned Frogs. Number 7, I like Texas Tech here. They're 3-6. and six. In Big 12 play, their season is over. Um, you know, not much to say really about Texas Tech. They're at number seven. Number eight here, Kansas State, a four and five uh, mark in the Big 12 play. I like them down there at number eight. Um, you know, ask me the same question back after the win. What was the last win they had? I think it was the KU win or the TCU win. I don't know. Um, their fourth win in a row this season. I think that that was one of the best teams maybe in the Big 12, but the code was cracked. Deuce Vaughn was stopped. Um, the offensive line, you know, came back down to earth, and, you know, the wide receivers just really couldn't do much. Messingham's, uh, Messingham's play calling, excuse me, um, you know, I think, you know, caught some criticism. So overall, things just kind of went downhill for Kansas State. Um, and it was, I mean, it was ugly. It was very, very, very ugly to end out the season. It was really surprising the way it happened just because of how awesome of a, uh, you know, a start they had to the year. Um, but there is good news. Skylar Thompson coming back next year for the Wildcats. I think that that is very, 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 very good news if you're a Kansas State fan. And I think everyone agrees with me. Agrees with me. There's no question about that. Um, you, you know, with, with, with Thompson, I think a, a lot of that kind of revolved around Will Howard. If Howard was good, um, and actually, let's say he won two or three of those last five games. That would put K State at I don't know seven and you know seven and two or six and three. If K State had a good successful season and Will Howard was successful behind you know under center, I think that Thompson's not coming back because he's you know and it's a two way street here. The coaching staff wants him back and Skyler wants to come back too, right? I mean it's not just one or the other. It, it, both of these parties are on the same page and that goes for everyone who elected to not use that extra season i mean you don't know some of these people that you know decided to forego that season um you know maybe they wanted to come back but the coaching staff said hey we need to get these young guys minutes right i think it's clear and obvious will howard is not going to get I, he'll, he'll get better next year if he were to play but he's not going to get you know immensely better so Skyler's coming back he he realizes that um, you know, they kind of really need him in Manhattan for a successful season um, if, you know, things can get back to normal, knock on wood. Number nine is Baylor, 2-7 and seven in the Big 12, nothing to say really about them. And then you've got Kansas down there at number 10. Um, again, nothing really to say about Kansas. Um, 
they've been there for, I think, the entire year. So that's it. I mean, that is our, our, our final 10 of 12 top 10 of the year. Um, what a season it was, man. A Big 12 football. We got it in. Um, you know, we had numerous cancellations along the way. I believe it was K-State, Texas Tech, and Iowa State are the three schools that didn't have a cancellation. They played all nine games. Um, I guess some other teams played all nine games, but they had to, you know, move the puzzle around a little bit to get that going. So, I mean, you know, tip of the cap to the Big 12. Um, I don't think we talk about it enough. You know, we wouldn't have a football season if it wasn't for the Big 12. And I firmly believe that. You know, the ACC, the SEC were in, the Big 10, the Pac-12 were out, the Big 12 was on the fence. And let's be honest here, it really did, um, you know, lie in the hands of Bob Bowlesby. And he made the right call. I think that that's clear, that's obvious at this point. Um, as we're almost a year into this pandemic now, that it was the right call to play sports. There's going to be people that say, no, it's not safe, don't do it. Um, and I, I'm sure, you know, there are, you know, arguments to that. But overall, man, um, you know, no, to my knowledge, nobody, you know, got, you know, terribly sick or terribly ill from the virus. You know, I think everyone that had it, they had the sniffles for a few days. Um and then that was that, you know, I had it back in, uh, you know, August, late August when everyone came back to K-State here. Um, you know, my whole house had it. I feel like everyone that I'm friends with had it pretty much at the same time, right when everyone came back. Within the first couple of weeks, it made its, you know, its rounds through campus. And, you know, like that, that's a big reason for Kansas State's loss against Arkansas State was, you know, K-State didn't have half their team, but there's no excuses in that. But, uh, you know, I lost my taste and smell for, you know, a few days and was really, really tired for a day. And don't get me wrong, I've never been more tired in my life than I was. Um, but other than that, I recovered fine. And I, I think that if you are a college athlete and you don't got anything, you know, wrong with you, I think that it was a good, you know, it's good to play football. They were all given, you know, the opportunity to opt out of the season. They're given an extra year of eligibility next season. So, um, you, you know, I think that overall they did well. They, they you know, we got through it. Um, you know, it's super funny to look at, and I'm one million percent guilty of it. Um, you know, every fan was saying, "Oh, you know, back in August, if we can just get football, then I'll be happy." That's all I want is football. Doesn't matter if we win, I'll be happy with football. And then football comes around, <laughs> and your team starts losing. You get all frustrated, and it, it, you know that's just the love of the game right there. That's the passion of the sport. Um, you know, super. Super. I'm just happy that we had a full, a pretty full football season, you know, in the Big 12. And I talked about it. I want to go back to that. No, now, um, you know, we would not have a football season if if it wasn't for the Big 12. I mean, we wouldn't have. I don't think we'd have anything. I mean, if you have a majority of your Power Five conferences not playing, then it's just not going to happen. You're not going to just have the SEC and the ACC playing. That's just not going to happen. No matter how much they want to play. Or not, that's just not a good look. You had the Big Ten who wanted to be the smart guy and say, hey, we're not playing. The Pac-12, you know, just doesn't know what they're doing, so they just fall what the Big Ten does. You know, everything else, it was, it was on the Big 12. And the Big 12 made the right call. Um, I'm happy that we got a season in. I wish we could have had some more fans in there, but, uh, um, you know, we got to take what we can get during these times. But I appreciate your listenership, um, you know, all throughout this season. This has been a blast um, basketball season is, is in full swing. I think we'll probably next week or the week after get really going with a weekly, um, uh, you know, talking, uh, a weekly scheduled episode of Big 12 basketball. 
Um, you know, I just got done with the, um, you know, K-State played Jacksonville today. Um, feels good. I love basketball. It's a great sport. Feels good to kind of get that back going, um, you know, in our world today with everything that's going on. So um, be on the lookout for that. But, you know, again, I really do deeply, you know, I appreciate everyone's listenership throughout the past, you know, n- number of months with this podcast. And if you've been listening it, um, to it for what it's been almost two years now since I've been doing this podcast. So if, if this is your first time listening, man, if this is your hundredth time, I mean, I, I appreciate you, you know, tuning in here. These are always a ton of fun to do. Um, other than that, I'm Ryan Gilbert, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or. I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.